Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's turn on the tunes. Six. Sinks a lot. You know, Stella's favorite thing to play with is sinks. Really? Yeah. She goes over to Auntie's house to play in her sink. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are we doing? Probably a podcast. Oh, let me find my notes. That's what I would recommend. Oh, do. Beanie. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. I'm Kylie. I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Alex. And this is Accusin', Boozin', and Cruisin', a podcast we're going for, where we're, where we're going. We're going. We're going. Well, we're doing it. <laughs> oh, watch out. A podcast. <laughs> a podcast where we're going for a little drive, doing a little drinking, and talking a lot about spooky and scary shit that goes bump in the night. A pre-warning, there will be stories that may be too graphic or may have topics that may make you uncomfortable. Also, we are not promoting drinking and driving. So if you plan on drinking, make sure you have yourself a designated driver to get you where you need to go. This week, we're going from Idaho right over to Montana. And before we get into facts, any updates? I know we're double recording, but anything you want to just put out into the world? I keep having dreams that I've adopted a dog. Well, we should adopt a dog. I want to adopt a dog. Apartment dog. I just don't know what I would do with it while I'm on my shifts. I'll watch it. Dog. I'll watch dog. Watch it a little bit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I, um... I don't want to commit to it. If I lived in this apart- apartment, I could be here all the time to watch dog. <laughs> Moving on. What are our facts? <laughs> uh, Montana is apparently based on the Spanish word Montan, I think. Which is uh, Spanish for mountains. <laughs> and um, yeah, well, with Idaho and Washington and now Montana, we have a heavy mountains theme going on. Mm-hmm. One of the many nicknames for Montana, which has no official state nickname, one of the many is Land of Shining Mountains. And I just want to say that if you're a U.S. state and your only claim to fame is that you have some mountains, <laughs> join the club. Come on. We need to be nice to other states. Montana is also known as the Big Sky State, which I get. I've driven through Montana. The sky is big. Is very big. Oh, it is so big, big sky. because there's not a lot of people in Montana, despite it being the fourth largest state in the U.S. Interesting. It has that. the 44th highest population, which means it is the third least dense state in the U.S. When I was just out of high school, I kept looking at this website called Unique Jobs or Cool Jobs or something like that. You Mm -hmm. can go to other states and work. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed twice to work at a dude ranch in Montana. Like Yellowstone? Yeah, and they ended up going with someone else who had like one more like credential than I did. And then I um, was going to apply the next year and then I got a different job. But that was something I like really, really wanted to do. And I almost went and lived there for a whole summer. That sounds cool. You could have been straight out of Yellowstone. Uh, yeah, a little bit of Yellowstone is in Montana, although most of Yellowstone is in Wyoming. Um, 
Glacier National Park and a bunch of other ones are also in Montana. I thought I had a list of them, but I actually don't. So look them up if you're interested. There's a whole bunch of big nature areas and state parks and national parks in Montana as well. Uh, Montana also has the United States' only triple divide, which apparently I, I didn't look into it too much. But it's a place where water flows out to the Pacific Ocean, water flows out to the uh, Atlantic Ocean, and also flows out to the Hudson Bay up in Canada. Oh my gosh, that's really cool. Yeah, so... They all just kind of meet there? Or... They start there and go out. Okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's pretty neat. Um, Montana's biggest uh, industries are agriculture, specifically ranching, like cattle ranching, and they also make a lot of cereal grain, I guess. There's also a lot of oil, gas, coal mining, and lumber, so natural resources are pretty much a big deal in Montana, which makes sense. Um, in the west of Montana is a bunch of mountains, and in the east there's a bunch of prairie and badlands. If you don't know, badlands are... They're bad. It's like that cool thing (laughs) where the rocks are eroded, so you can see, like, lots of different layers of different colors. And usually badlands are, like, smooth, too. Badlands National Park in, uh, South Dakota is one of my favorite places I've ever been to in the U.S. Isn't there a show... That was filmed. Yeah. Probably. It sounds like a great name for a show. I think there is. And it would be a beautiful place to shoot a show. It's just gorgeous. The Badlands are gorgeous. Um, The thing that I remember the most about driving through Montana, which we also did in one day, well, there's two things. We stopped in, I think it was Billings, to um, go to this mining tour. Well, see, it could have been Butte. Is Butte in Montana? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was in Butte. We stopped to go to this mining museum, but we found out that we had to have a reservation, which it didn't say anything about on the website, and the lady was kind of rude to us, which was a bummer. So we didn't go to the mining museum, and we just kept driving straight through Montana. And the other interesting thing that we saw while we were in Montana was the Anaconda Smelting Stack, which is just a 585-foot-tall cylinder made out of bricks and concrete. It's where they filmed the show or the movie Anaconda. That's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it is the tallest masonry structure in the world, though. Like I said, five hundred eighty-five wow. feet of brick and concrete. Tall. Yeah, it's pretty huge, and it's um, it's seventy-six feet wide at the bottom and only sixty feet wide at the top, so it loses sixteen feet as it goes up because it's slightly conical. But like you're driving down the freeway, you're slightly conical. Rude. (laughs) 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 And um, you're just driving down the freeway and you look over and there's this really tall cylinder. It's kind of, it's odd looking. It's like a giant monolith in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. It's pretty spooky. So I looked it up while we were driving and I thought it was pretty cool. It's the oldest, the tallest masonry structure in the world. Um... Some other nicknames of Montana is, like I said, the Big Sky State, the Land of Shining Mountains, the Last Best Place, which is, I think that's kind of a funny nickname. It's like, I'm sure they meant like, it's one of the last good places to move out in the frontier of the West, but it kind of sounds like, like last best, like last place. 
Yeah. <laughs> like the worst place. The worst out of the best. <laughs> That's not what they mean, though. But Hopefully. <laughs> it's also called the treasure place. state. Um, oh, I decided I wanted to look up some weird laws for our states as we go. Because uh, uh, pretty much every state has some weird, like, outdated or, like, oddly specific laws. One that I found for Montana was that it is unlawful to drive with a sheep in the cab of your truck unless you have a chaperone with you. Hmm. Like someone over the age of 21 or like <laughs> some, watch someone watching the sheep. So it I needs think to be it's, at least two people. Yeah, I think it's just somebody to hold on to the sheep so that it doesn't like headbutt you while you're driving. I'm smart. And you get in an accident. There must have been an incident. Smart. Yeah, there probably. Always is. But I like to think that it's more of like a high school dance situation where you're not allowed to be alone with the sheep in your truck because Gross. you have to leave room for Jesus. No. So you're fucking a sheep? <laughs> I mean, I'm not fucking a sheep. Are you? Keep, just move on. We're done. Uh, uh. Uh, there's a lot of famous people that live or are from Montana, but um, the only ones I wrote down were David Letterman, who has a big ranch in Montana. Is he in all the Adam Sandler movies? Nope. Nope, no. that's David Spade. I was close. <laughs> David Letterman is the late night talk show host. <laughs> um, Dana Carvey. Who is in Wayne's World, and probably some other stuff, no, SNL, just Wayne's World. but That's mostly in Wayne's World. He also has a pretty funny uh, stand-up special called, I think it's called White Male Sixty. Um, and Evil Knievel was from Montana, hmm. so great state for growing up. If you want to host a talk show, be in Wayne's World or jump over stuff be on a motorcycle. Evil Knievel. Do you remember when? Um... My brother went on that road trip with his girlfriend, and their car broke down mm-hmm. like two days, maybe one day into their road trip. Yeah. My parents had to go save them. Yeah, that were they was rough. in Montana? They, yeah, they, made they it were to Montana. in Butte. Sorry, um, <laughs> but was this the road trip where yep. they broke up and just tried to keep going on the road trip? Yep. Yes. So they went. Oh they, my god! They left from Washington, made it to Montana. Their car broke down. Their mom went out to rescue them, towed their car back. Then they got. Oh no! Then they took. A different car did the whole road trip and then like five days from the end of the road trip they broke up oh so they didn't break up before your mom went and got them no 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 but they finished the road trip five I days just... last five days of the road trip they were broken up and then they came back to live in their but we're not talking about that apartment we're not talking about that like i've known your brother for a very long time but like as i get older maybe it's like as i grow out of my like high school hazy phase of like your brother was so amazing (laughs) (laughs) ignore that um i'm like what the hell is wrong with him half the time we're not talking about that i just thought it was funny that they broke down and my mom had to go get them in montana yeah i have never been to montana um i haven't either so slowly as we move away from washington i will continue to say i have never been to this place i drove through it didn't really find anything interesting, but we were kind of just in a rush to get home at that point. And uh, I've heard a lot of good things about Montana in general. People that are from there just love it. They just like being out in the open, away from everybody. It's yeah. a very like natural place to live. I always thought that I would move to either Montana or Colorado. Oh, yeah? Two states I've never been to. I, that's just ideally where I think I'd end up. For, for the longest time, I wanted to move to Texas. Oh. I don't want to move there anymore. It's too Come hot and there's to Texas. bugs. It's just not the same. And back to Austin. Away. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, Montana's iconic drink. Oh, getting real excited about this one is a whiskey Ooh. ditch. What is this? The third episode in a row where we have a dark alcohol? Yes, ma'am. Ugh. A whiskey ditch is just a weak whiskey rocks. Um, it's a small glass filled with some ice, two ounces of whiskey, and two ounces of water. Mm. That's it. That is it. Mm. And we are using the Crown Royal from um, that we used for the Washington Apple, just because mm-hmm. we don't want to buy more dark alcohol if we do not have to. Because we don't drink it. Yeah. Um, but All right. here we go. Tappy tappy. <laughs> oh, Alex needs to get pictures. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, sorry. I mean, we have to sip it throughout the show. True, we'll be sipping it, but initial taste. Tippy tippy again. Tappy tappy. Oh. It just tastes like water. It's a not good tasting water. That's why not they, good. Why do they add water to it? I can I can handle this better than Idaho's. It's whiskey cut with water. It's just that's what it is, and it's disgusting. Like, I can handle this better than I can handle Idaho's. Idaho's was the Evan uh, Williams, and that burned. This is doesn't taste good, but it doesn't burn. So <laughs> that's a plus in my book. And my ice has melted. Weed. I've had it sitting out for a little while. Yeah. So it might be a little extra watery. But I guess Alex. now we ask Alex, who does he want to go first? I am again choosing Mackenzie. Mackenzie. Because I like it when Kylie does her cases after she's had a little bit more to drink. That is a good time. That is a good time. <laughs> no, it was really bad last time. I feel like I last episode I just sped through my story as fast as I could because mm. I didn't. The faster I went, the better I thought I was. But I don't think I was better. I think it was just as worse. <laughs> And um, I would like to say we are double film or double recording this, so we've already had <laughs> last episode's drinks, and now we're having this episode's drinks. So things might just slowly get a little sloppier. What you here for, though, right? Sloppy, boozing and cruising, and sloppy. All right, so my case for Montana, as we talked about in the last episode, my cases have been kind of dark. They've been. Definitely the harsher ones of the two. Um, And I did have a case all researched out. um, But I decided to change my mind. I decided to go with something different. So last minute I changed. Oh, to something not super dark? To something not super dark. Thank you. I found a paranormal... (gasps) Ooh. You did it! I did it. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Um, it's not very long. None of the ones we could find were very long, um, but I really liked this one. Did you research this after I told you last night that I couldn't find any? Yes. So you might already know about this one. Okay. Tell, tell the story. Okay. Oh, um, I tried. Uh, I tried so hard to find something for Montana. Um, there are a lot of cases. There are, um, but I wanted to try to find something paranormal because we've done a lot of true crime. But I none none of the paranormal things I found I really like caught my interest to like actually research them, and then I found some true crime ones, but like most of the articles I found for them said the exact same paragraph in each of them, and I was like, that's not giving me enough yeah. information, and I was getting very irritated with Montana. But I'm happy you found a case, and I found a case, so let's get in get into it. It's not very long, but I did like it. So, I'm going to be talking about the St. Charles Hall in Montana. Hmm. 
This building was built in 1909. Ooh. It was built to be a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was to house only men looking to join the priesthood. It also offered classes such as history, science, astronomy, Latin, Greek, German, and French. Um, how's that going for you? Not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this building, being the first, was everything from classrooms to dorms to library. It was, it was just a school for boys. It was a school for boys, yeah. Nowadays, it is a dormitory mm-hmm. for the whole college. So, Carroll College in Montana was built in 1909. The building in question, St. Charles Hall, nowadays is a dorm to students built, <laughs> um, but it's also known as one of the most haunted buildings in Montana. Ooh. Spooky. Spooky. Um, in 1964, on the fourth floor, a student came home allegedly from a night of partying. He was in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. He blacked out. Mm-hmm. Um, while brushing his teeth, mm-hmm. and he fell and he hit his head on the sink. Um, this caused hemorrhaging. Uh, he did not die there. However, he died in the hospital a few days later due to pneumonia. Um, but strange things occur on this fourth floor ever since. Much like Bloody Mary, students report seeing a young boy with a split head staring back at them from the mirror. With a oh split God. head? Yes. Especially when they are brushing their teeth. I already feel like when I'm looking in the mirror, my eyes play tricks on me. Mm-hmm. So, like, that would just fuck me up so much. Yeah. I can't look in mirrors if the lights aren't on. Oh, I heard of a... Sorry, this is so off topic. But, like, I was listening to a podcast. We listen to a lot of podcasts. I think we've said we listen to podcasts <laughs> every episode. But um, they were talking about how they had to go um, into... There was a paranormal research done of this mirror in a basement and you were supposed to just go down there with all the lights off and stare into it just stare into it and like you would see like the craziest things and it it could be paranormal but it's also like some scientific thing scientific thing where if the lights are off and Mm -hmm. you look in a mirror there's not enough light um reflection bouncing off the mirror and so your eyes just start seeing. Yeah, they, they just the they, yes, the they fill in the blanks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's creepy. I when I go to the bathroom at night, I try to avoid the mirror because mm-hmm. I don't want to see what's looking at me. I have night blindness pretty bad, and so my eyes play tricks on me like that so while Alex. I'm driving. I don't have night blindness. I just have driving glasses for when I'm driving at night because I don't have that great a vision at night. I mean, it's not great all the time. I'm not going to argue about when this. I, when I knew I needed glasses was I was driving home from a shift at the mall where I used to work at like 11 o'clock at night. And I stopped dead in the freeway because I thought something was in the road. Mm. There was nothing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a problem. Yeah. Um, so much like Bloody Mary, they see this boy in their mirror. Especially when they're brushing their teeth as he was doing. There is a sink where he hit his head that many report flows only red liquid and it overflows onto the floor and no matter how much scrubbing the red stain will not come out of the floor we should add this place to our list okay this is now on our tourist attraction list (laughs) yes um after many years of these reports the bathroom was finally taken out of service even though no one uses it there are still reports of scraping noises from behind the door why would there be scraping noises they're trying to get out hmm 
Some other sightings include a student jumping out of a window committing suicide on replay. Why? Oh, no. The little boy didn't jump out. No, but these are just other sightings hmm. in this building. Um, many reports seeing priests roaming the hall because it was a right. school for priests. Priests make um, everything a little bit more creepy. Yes. Mm-hmm. The only documented occurrence that actually happened, though, was the boy. He did actually fall and hit his head. Right. Um, that's, that's all I have on this one. It's really short, but I really liked it because I... Used to be obsessed with Bloody Mary when I was little. Like, really? yeah, yeah, when I was little, little, like middle school. I'd I like, used to okay. play Bloody Mary in the boys and girls club bathroom. Oh, really? With friends, and mm. I would. Um, I, I don't think I was the only one, but like, if the lights were off, you'd just go like, with your fingernails, scratch your arm really quick, and then be like, "Oh my god, yeah, look at Bloody Mary got me!" <laughs> and people would believe you because we were all just dumb kids. Oh, for sure. But like, I re- I definitely remember playing that growing up. Um, <laughs> Probably not the most scary place, the Boys and Girls Club bathroom, but... <laughs> but lights off, mirror. Yeah. Your, your, your brain plays tricks on you, for sure. Someone else using the bathroom in the stall next door. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> Typical Bloody Mary things. Or, like, sleepovers, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. No, at sleepovers, we only played with the Ouija board. We'd, like, make wait, make makeshift Ouija boards. Oh, really? Yeah. And would be so disappointed. I know. Um... M from, and that's why we drink podcast, <laughs> who is avidly anti-Ouija board, would be extremely disappointed in Kylie. Um, yeah, but uh, obviously, like, we, we were just teenagers. My good friend and I, who I'm not friends anymore, um, we would take Ouija boards to cemeteries mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to live next to one, and we would take it there pretty regularly at night. Do you remember, I think it was with you... The cemetery near your house. Sorry, that noise. My computer just got a notification. Um, The cemetery near your house. I think we went. I don't know who else was with us. Maybe Courtney. We went because we were told there was a tunnel underneath it somewhere. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. we tried to find it. But there's not. There's not a tunnel. But we did try to find it. But there are these. um, What are those rooms called? The ones that are built up. I had not. Not catacombs. Mausoleums? Mausoleums. There's Okay, so it's like on a hill. So these mausoleums are built into the hill. And in the back of one is a window that's all cut out. It's because it's made of cement. So mm-hmm. it's literally you can stick your hand or your head in with a flashlight. Don't and you can do that. See, you don't need to do that. You can see three caskets and like a couple broken chairs. Oh. And I used to regularly like take people to look at that. And one time a friend and I stuck our head in the window and a bird flew in between our faces. Whoa. And I... Didn't go back for a few months. Mackenzie's terrified of birds. This is true. <laughs> I so, don't like birds. Birds aren't real. But yeah, you can like see the caskets. It's it's insane. So yeah, we would go and we would do the Ouija board, which is not smart, but you know. Mausoleums are weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> they suggest like graveyards are weird. I want to be cremated. Yeah. And planted as a tree. Yeah. Same. Maybe have like. Some sort of, like, glass headstone near the tree. I like it when they make ashes into, like, diamonds. That'd be cool. I think that's cool. But I, like, the only problem with that is there's a chance that my ashes as a piece of jewelry could end up not in my family anymore. True. And so some random person would just have me. That'd be so funny. (laughs) I don't think so. I think that'd be very funny. you wouldn't have to worry about it. Rude. (laughs) I like the tree thing too, where they plant you and like with a seed, and then your mm-hmm. your tree, your body nourishes but a I've tree always, as it grows. Yeah, I've always really liked the idea of um, 
like sea glass or like colored oh, stained yeah. glass as a headstone because I think it would just be so pretty with the light coming through. That's so cool. I've, that's something I've always kind of stuck with, and I have always stuck with being cremated because oh same. I just being buried is weird. Yeah, even if dead, it's just weird. <laughs> it's also pretty weird if alive. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, probably, probably worse if alive. Probably. But, I, think... I mean, I don't have the experience, but mm, it sounds pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I tried to find a, a lighter topic this time, because I have been pretty dark. Yeah. Um, when researching for Montana, I was like, oh, I'm going to do something paranormal. Couldn't find anything. I was like, okay, I'm going to look up a cryptid. And one of the top cryptids for... Montana was a wolf-like creature. <laughs> and I looked at a picture and I'm like, that's a wolf. Like, that's a wolf someone shot. It is so stupid. And then one of the articles was like, DNA comes back from a wolf-like creature. And at the very bottom of this article that described the whole thing about the wolf, it said it was just a gray wolf. <laughs> and I was like, that is the stupidest thing ever. Like, it, the pictures, the, the, the pictures didn't exactly look like a wolf, but it didn't look like some sort of weird cryptid. Weird creature thing. Yeah. yeah. So, the headlines were all, Farmer shoots wolf-like creature on his property. Experts can't identify what it is. <laughs> and they were like, we're not sure what it is. It looks kind of like a wolf, but also kind of different. Yeah, it was, I was like, mm, I have to find something else to do. It was a wolf. It was a wolf. <laughs> okay, are you Good. Done? Yep. Okay. Um, you, my friend. We're going to take a small break because I need to find a phone charger because my phone's going to die and all my notes are on my phone. So, oh, crap. be right back. Okay, we're back. I got a phone charger. My phone's charged. We both have so much of our drinks left. I don't like <laughs> it. And only like one it. more case we to go through. We have one more case and mine also isn't like incredibly long. So, I think before I begin, we both need to take a big old swig. Um, swiggle big. It is a rule we've decided that we need to finish at least one of the drinks. I'm sure there'll be like drinks down the road where we're like, mm, we really like these. Let's have another. Mm-hmm. But like with the bourbon and the whiskeys, we have to at least finish one of the like shots or glasses or whatever. So we have pretty much all of the drink left. <laughs> we've both only taken maybe a sip two sips so we're gonna both take a swig and we're gonna go from there tap it tap it there's still so much left it just tastes <laughs> like water now it makes me want to throw up chug it you absolutely chug not. it <laughs> absolutely not i'm gonna take another one because i'm gonna be going talking oh god It, uh, it genuinely just, like, most alcohol doesn't taste good. This one legitimately makes me want to throw up as soon as it touches my tongue. Like, it, that's that not good. It's, like, the water somehow makes it worse. Yes. Yeah. Excuse me, driver, I would like to go to a place with fruity drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Okay. okay. So, like I said, I had some some troubles um, finding... Did, did no, you... I just smelled it. Okay. I was like, really? Now is going to be the time you're going to take your first sip of alcohol? No. <laughs> no, this would not be good. Yeah, turn you off of alcohol forever, ever, ever. You know, you're already off forever, ever, ever. Yep. 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 Um, 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. like I said, I had some trouble finding a case. Um, a lot of them were recent that I could find, and I didn't really want to do a recent one. It's it's always hard to cover more recent cases. Cause I agree. Because it's a little bit of, like, hitting home. Um, not hitting home, but... It just seems too fresh, recent. Like, let them Fresh rest. wound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was going to cover a case of a little five-year-old girl, but I stared at her picture too long, Mm -hmm. um, and I decided not to. Um, it was probably for my better judgment, um, (laughs) it would have made me really sad. Not that this case isn't going to make me really sad, but, you know, it's always harder when things happen to kids. They're just innocent. Okay, so... I am covering the Lovers Lane Slayings. Um, and if you look these up, you might have to specifically put in Montana because mm-hmm. it seems like in almost every state there yeah. is some sort of Lovers Lane killings. Yeah. Um, in 1956, Patricia Kalitsk. How do you, how would you how would you pronounce that last name? Kalitsky. Kalitsky. Kaliska? I don't know. <laughs> it's a funky last name. Um, 16 and her boyfriend, Lloyd Bogle, 18, went on a typical date that would end in tragedy for the both of them. Patricia, a junior at Great Falls High School, was described as tall, beautiful, and having cut her hair in a crew cut to look like a character from a Dick Tracy's comic book. Which, do you know what Dick Tracy's comic books are? That's I didn't look that up. No. Is it... The only comic books I can ever think of are like Archie. Is uh, he like a detective? Yeah. Yeah? I think so. I don't He's know. He's an... Um... American comic strip featuring Dick Tracy, a tough and intelligent police detective created by Chester Gold. Interesting. Um, Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. That sounds like a very 60s name, 50s name. Um, I, I included pictures of her. 31, um, actually, was the first one. Oh, Wow. 1931. Um, I included pictures of her. She It's just haircut, you know. She's cute. Um, she's cute. Um, she was overall a very popular and liked girl, and her friends gave her the nickname of Ski. 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 Maybe her last name was Kaliski. Uh, might have been. We might just be really bad at pronouncing names. Um, she was reported to be head over heels for Lloyd. An airman from Waco, Texas, who was stationed nearby at the Malm Storm Air Force Base for the last eight months. Eight a classic story. Months. Yeah. High school girl meets airman. They are Ugh. head over heels. He was reported to be instantly smitten with Patty. So, she was head over heels. He was smitten. Smitten kitten. Yeah. They were just in love. The two had met a month earlier... And Patricia at, at Patricia's cousin's wedding, and after that, they were pretty much irrese- inseparable. So overall, these two teenagers were so in love with one another, and were already talking about getting married and what their lives would look like together. Cute. You know, things are always different in high school. Things are so optimistic. You just kind of are like, <laughs> "I love you. Let's talk about our future and how to get married and have babies and." Love each other forever, and then it never works out. And then, like I said last episode, back then, you know, you would know someone two weeks, and then you would get married. Get married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lydia. <laughs> get married six times, seven times. Um, Lloyd was staying at her house that year as a Christmas guest, 
and had stayed through the new year. Like, her parents were, like, automatically, like, trusting of this boy, and he fit right in with the family, and, like, no one had anything bad to say about either of them. They were having an idyllic winter break together, so why not continue that and go on a date together? It seems like a normal enough thing to do with someone you love, right? Well, it doesn't end good for them, so... You know, maybe if they didn't go on that date, don't go on dates. The moral of the story, don't go on dates, ever. Stay home forever. Um, well, on January 2nd, 19... Nope, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm-mm, On January 2nd, 1956, the couple... The... Oh, God. (laughs) You're doing great, buddy. Well, on January 2nd, 19... 56, the couple went out for the night. They started their date at the local drive-in movie theater. I think it was called, like, Pete's Drive-In Theater in Great Falls. And they were last seen there after the movie was over at 9 p.m. What was Twin Falls? Twin Falls was in Idaho. And Great Falls was in Montana. For a second, I thought I accidentally covered another case from Idaho. (laughs) I was like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) After which, they were seen headed west out Central Avenue to a well-known lover's lane near Wadsworth Park along the Sun River. They were just doing, you know, a typical high school teenage thing. You know, you go out on a nice date Mm -hmm. and then you find somewhere secluded to make out afterwards. Did we have a lover's lane? I don't think so. I don't think so. Dude, no. Maybe like the pier? Uh, or what? What is that state park? White uh, Point Whitehorn. Point Whitehorn. Is someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up. I mean, I lived with my parents for a long time after high school, just because money. I liked my parents, and I was saving money, and so did my girlfriend at the time, and that made it really hard to have any kind of love life. <laughs> yeah, I. I, and, I just remember always going to the pier. Yeah. I would, um... The, uh, the, the water slides parking lot was a good spot for a while until like they started so roping open. it off. Mm. Well, it had, I mean, it was not very well lit. <laughs> but then they I, started roping it off. I think in, it might have been because of me and my girlfriend. In high school... <laughs> we went there a lot. In high school, I would go... It was on the way to my boyfriend at the time's house. It I was like the, it was It was just a little like piece of grass off the side of the road that was like surrounded by trees. And we'd go there and do what you do. Um, but I... It was also a place where border patrol would park. So there was always like the chance that the car passing by was like border patrol coming to park. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also, I have such a vivid imagination that... I swore there was always someone in the trees. Oh, I hated it. I hated it. Um, or we'd just park outside my house. I didn't care. My parents go to bed at like 8. So like oh, yeah, I never really true. had to worry oh, about them fair. being like, Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. So. Um, Patricia's parents were expecting her home at a decent hour, being that she had school the next day. Question, answer. No, it was that um, housing development that never got built. We had the roads oh, and yeah. the street lamps that didn't work. Yes. yes. That, I that was never... for sure like Lover's Lane. That's funny. I never went there. Really? I, I went there a lot. Should have. Okay, I didn't go there a lot. But like I would go there with Tasha. We would like 
put a air mattress in the back of the truck and watch movies and like oh, and cute. like watch the stars and stuff. Yeah, lovers lane. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> but <laughs> Patricia's parents were expecting her home at a decent hour, being that she had school the next day and had told her parents that she would be home early, which. My my parents would have been expecting me home at like ten. I think that was my curfew. My curfew is ten, because I stayed out too late a couple nights, and so they with me? forced ten. No, with my boyfriend at the time. Oh, but I'm sure you kind of <laughs> had influence on that too. Mm-hmm. Um, as it slowly got earlier. Nope. As it slowly got later and later, her parents started to worry, but didn't immediately start to panic. They thought that Patricia had maybe gone to one of her sister's houses. When they got a hold of the sisters and asked, and Patricia wasn't with them, her parents then considered the possibility and were hoping above other possibilities that Patricia and Lloyd had gone off and gotten had gone off and eloped like one of Patricia's older sisters at the time had done when she was P- Patricia's age. Mm. So, like we said, different time, you know. It was yeah. more normal to just like be like, we're in love, let's go elope. And the parents had heard them talk about how in love they were so much and their future together so much that, like, the possibility of them going to elope wasn't the worst case in their head. Right. Um, so they weren't initially worrying and thinking, like, the possibility had taken a turn for the worse. Um, unfortunately, these hopes were all, all crushed when three young boys found Lloyd's body near a tree in a remote area of Lover's Lane. Nearby his car was found with the ignition still on and the headlights lit. He had his hands tied behind his back. The culprit had used Lloyd's own belt to do this. Mm. He was shot in the back of the head, execution style, with a bullet entering right above his ear. Due to the extreme angle of the shot, it was surmised Lloyd had been forced to his knees before he was killed. 33 years later, they found the bullet lodged into a nearby cottonwood tree. Whoa, 33 years later, you Mm -hmm, said? mm -hmm. And I'll come back to that in a little bit. Um, And then just for those of you who are like me and didn't fully know what execution style meant, it is an act of criminal murder where the the culprit kills at close range a conscious victim who is under the complete physical control of the assailant and who has been left with no course of resistance or escape. Um, I'm just adding this because I always thought that execution style always meant that they were on their knees and they were shot from behind. Yeah, same. But it, it's just it just means that they didn't really have a choice. Like they didn't have not that they didn't have a choice, but they didn't have a means of escape or um, they were usually um, they were absolutely gonna die tied up or yeah they yeah. couldn't fight back. Um, and I was just confused on why they said it was ex- he was killed execution style and then went into deal to detail that he was on his knees and tied up and then it went by his ear. Yeah, and I was like, why this is all the same information, but it, yeah, I just needed the definition. It is interesting that it entered from above his ear, but it was found in a tree. It makes it sound like he was shot, like, downward, like, so you'd think the gun would be pointing toward the ground. Maybe it ricocheted. Um, I do know, and I'll get into it, that Patricia was found, um, at the bottom of a ravine. So maybe, maybe he was, like he up was at the top of the hill. Oh, the, it went mm-hmm. downward. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I just know that I don't know the tra- trajectory of a bullet. I do know sometimes. How dare you? Some. I know. I'm sorry. I do know that sometimes when they enter your body, they can ricochet off of things yeah. in your body, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Like I feel like if it's 
has enough momentum to go through your skull, it should just shoot right through and not bounce off of, like, your spine. Excuse me, I spat on you. You would think. Yeah. Taking another drink because I need to finish this. Chug, 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 chug. Come on, Mackenzie. It's your turn. I'll be right back. Where are you going? To get more Sprite. To get more Sprite. I'm a bitch. Remember in like the first episode or second episode where everybody was calling me the little bitch? Well, is disgusting. It is not good, but I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm like one more drink. We're the same. We're once I take a drink. Yeah, once you take a drink. Um, Patricia was missing from the scene. Police conducted a massive search to try to find Patricia, and everyone tried to stay optimistic that they would find her unharmed. Sadly, Patricia's body was found the next day. Are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. She's doing it. Big old glove. She didn't like it. Um, sadly, Patricia's body was found the next day, excuse me, on January 4th, 1956, about seven miles away from where Lloyd had been killed. Oh, wow. At the bottom of a rocky ravine. Like Lloyd, Patricia had also been forced to her knees and shot. The bullet also entered right above her right ear. It is estimated that Patricia was killed about an hour after Lloyd. So she was alive a little bit longer. Um, She had injuries that were consistent with a struggle and and had also been raped at least once by her attacker, who in finish made her put her clothes back on before killing her. Since she was fully clothed when they found her, they did not believe that she had been sexually assaulted, but took a vaginal swab just to collect evidence. Hmm. So, at the time when they found her, she was fully dressed because her attacker made her put her clothes back on. And so the police officers were like, she didn't get raped. It's a weird um, thing for an attacker to do because normally they leave them unclothed they don't care about them and their dignity yeah. and all that. That's yeah. usually a sign of, like, at least a little bit of respect for and the person. And a lot of the time I feel like there's a lot of assault that happens after a murder, too. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a little weird that he made her put her clothes back on, but... It's just interesting. It's from interesting, a, yeah. And from I mean, a profiling it, yeah, yeah. Perspective. And because of that, they didn't really. They took the vaginal swab, but they didn't really do anything with it because they didn't think that she had been raped. Right. And I mean, it was the fifties, so there wasn't much they could do. But like, they had it. Oh, bionicle down. Creor. Oh, no. He's fine. Did you get a picture with him in the? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, no. He's fine. He's fine. (laughs) Police were quick to rule out robbery as a motive for these crimes because Lloyd had left money and an expensive camera in his car. And the car was still there running. Yeah. on, keys in the car, lights, everything. It was still there. So they didn't think it was a robbery. Police were stumped with this, with very little clues left behind. The attacker happened. The attack happening in a secluded part of the woods with no witnesses, and the attack happening to two universally beloved people who are both described as having warm personalities and bright smiles. Soon the case grew cold, but no one forgot what had happened to these two young lovers. Throughout the years, there have been many different suspects. So not only was there like no. Evidence, very little evidence. They couldn't, like, figure out anybody who even would have a grudge against these two kids. I mean, they were young. They were, like, star students. Like, great 
great people in the community. No enemies. No enemies. Yeah. So police were like, what the hell do we do? Um, but they kept it, it was a cold case, but they always kind of kept an eye out, an eye out for it. And if anybody kind of came up as acting funny about it, they'd bring them in and they had it like, I think at one point they said they had like a hundred suspects because like they didn't know who did it. So that anybody could have been a suspect. Um, here are a few, um, one is Wendell Wallace, Wendell Wallace Smith. Wallace? Wendell Wallace Smith. Oh, Wallace is a cool name. Like Hogarth? Yeah, Hogarth is a great name. Hoagie. Little Hoagie. Baby Hoagie. <laughs> um, Wendell claimed to have killed the young couple, but he was questioned and ultimately ruled out in 1964. So that's all he, that was really said about him. It's probably he just didn't. They asked him questions about, like, the crime scene and right. the case, and he just didn't have the right answers. Um, next is James, next is James Whitey Bulger, the notorious South Boston mobster. Bulger. Bulger, sorry. Who was convicted in 2013 of participating in 11 murders. Um, that's all they really said for him. Um, I think he was ruled out later. Wait, was he, he was in Boston? Yes. Why was he considered um, a potential suspect for this crime in Montana? Didn't, they didn't say. I think he was around the area in that time. Oh, weird. Yeah. Um, and then a another one comes from Detective John Cameron, an author of It's Me, Edward Wayne Edwards, the serial killer you never heard of. Hmm. He suggests Edwards should be suspected for the murder of Patricia, Patricia and Lloyd... Do you have a question? No, I'm just okay. very interested. Cameron, the detective, was able to trace Edwards to Great Falls, Montana area in 1956. Additionally, Edwards had a history of killing young couples. He had been convicted of a similar double murder in 1977 in which he shot a young Ohio couple to death and then later was linked via DNA to a double murder of a young couple in Wisconsin who were killed in 1980. Cameron also goes on to say that Edwards has committed many other murders. And this is where Cameron kind of loses me a little bit. Because he says he committed murders like the murder of John Benet Ramsey. The missing union leader Jimmy Hoffa. And even... Thank you. And even suspects Edwards to be the unidentified Zodiac killer. So, Edwards just did everything. He did everything. He's the best. He's the the um, serial killer you've never heard of. Right, right. Yeah. Even though all these men were suspects, and there were so many others who also were considered suspects, the case went cold. They couldn't pin it on any of these men, and um, they all had alibis or reasons why they weren't, you know, um, investigated further. Right. In 1989, Keith Wolverton... A captain with Great Falls Sheriff's Department and a high Captain Wolverton. <laughs> That's a good name, too. Wolverton? Captain Wolverton. Oh. Your name is your kid Captain Wolverton? No, I'm not going to name oh, my kid Captain sorry. Wolverton. It's just that he has a strong... A cool name. You know. Yeah. He sounds like the uh, character in an action movie. He was also a high school classmate of Patricia. He became obsessed with trying to find the bullets used to kill Lloyd... His reasoning was that if he could find those bullets, then per- perhaps he could trace them to a weapon. 
So investigators went to cut down the tree where Lloyd's body was found. At first, they attempted to x-ray the tree, but with it being 80 feet tall and 4.5 feet in diameter, x-ray was not the easiest thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) They eventually shaved away at 33 growth rings before finding, I think they said, six bullets that were removed at varying angles and positions within the tree trunk. Wow. as far as I read, Lloyd only had one bullet wound. Right. So maybe the attacker shot multiple times and Trying missed. To scare or them, maybe. Scare yeah. them, or maybe Lloyd tried to run and fell and was forced to his knees and then was shot, and all the bullets he missed with went into the tree. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just know it said they found about six bullets. Mm. Weird. Um, they sent these bullets to the FBI for analysts, but all that work came up with nothing. Couldn't track the bullet to, oh, bullets to any guns. In 2018, investigators turned to genetic genealogy after authorities were able to arrest Joseph James D'Angelo, also known as the Golden State Killer, uh-huh. which was the first high-profile case to be cracked with genetic ge- genealogy. 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 Which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. And they did it by, I don't know if we'll cover him, but um, they did it because, like, relatives, distance relatives or yeah. family mm-hmm. had sent in stuff to, like, 23andMe. Right. It, it's just crazy. I'm, mm-hmm. I really would like to do DNA, um, like, sent into. 23 me because I think it'd be really cool. I don't really care where I've come from, but it would be cool to have, like, DNA out there. Yeah. And it would be cool if you happened to solve a murder. Like, one of the old Barthlow's past did some shit. They had some DNA. <laughs> a red pin, pin it on him. Mm-hmm. Um, My grandpa oopsie. was adopted, so we don't know our all of our genealogy. Like, mm, maybe not even close. Interesting. Maybe you'll need something later on in this story. Um... Sorry, I took another drink and it's just resonating on my tongue. (laughs) Luckily for this case, the original investigators took a vaginal swab from Patricia. Mm -hmm. This would be the most crucial piece of evidence. In 2001, they tried to get a hit off of it before, you know, before the Golden State Killer. When did this case happen? 56, right? 56. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, In 2001, before they caught the Golden State Killer, they tried to get a hit off of it, but it didn't lead to any matches in the National Criminal Database. Mm-hmm. The only thing that they were able to tell was that there was DNA that didn't belong to Lloyd or Patricia, so it, they were able to conclude that she had been raped at least once. Yeah. Um, after six decades, they were able to send the sample to a Virginia company that specializes in DNA analysis. This company was able to extract another DNA profile from the sample, and they got a hit off of it. Off the, this company was able to extract another DNA profile from the sample, and they got a hit off of this new DNA profile for a second or third cousin, which then allowed them to go through death certificates, newspaper clippings, and other public records to help construct a family tree. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really crazy how they were able to like find this 
distant relative, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, he goes, I was related to that person, and that person was in this place at this time, and yeah. they have these many kids, you know. They totally just, just map it. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, once they had all this infra- information, they sent it over to Boy Technology in 2019, which I believe I read Boy Technology helps match people who were adopted to different, like, to their families. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. Here, they constructed a reverse family tree from a cousin's profile, and in 2021, investigators finally announced the identity of the man most likely responsible for murdering Lloyd and and the rape and murder of Patricia. And this man is named Keith Gold. Goid? Gold. 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 G-O-U-L-D? Yeah. I think that's Gould. Gould. Or Gold. And they didn't... Like I said, they say most likely because they have to do more to try to figure mm-hmm. out that it's not 100%. So, Keith was born and raised in Great Falls, Montana. And at the age of 25, Keith had married a 16-year-old girl. Which... Yikes. Excuse me. I don't know if laws were different at the time. They were. But, it wasn't um, that uncommon for that time. That's a 10-year difference and she's not I'm not saying yet. it's not gross. I'm just saying it wasn't yeah. uncommon. Yeah. He had no criminal record and was never interviewed in the connection to the crime after it took place. The couple lived with their five children just one mile away from where Patricia lived at the at the time. And he worked with horses just a few blocks away from her residence. So maybe he, you know, saw her right. walking around when he was out riding his little horses. And yep, yeah, that's him. He's kind of a intense looking man. Um... But yeah, so he might have seen her out walking when he was working with the horses. Or, I mean, they lived really close so and in the same town. So he could have seen her at any time. Yeah. And that could have, like, sparked his interest. He could have seen Lloyd at any time and that sparked his interest. I don't know. It, he could have never met either of them. And True. It was just something that happens. Mm-hmm. Keith would have been 29 in 1956 when the murders took place. So he would have been 11 years older than Lloyd. Um, In 1967, a few years after the murders happened, Keith abruptly sold the family home and moved with his family. They were seen in two other Montana cities before settling in Alton, Missouri. At this time, his family had no idea why they were packing up their lives and moving so randomly, but... Now they do. The family knows why the dad how, just... How soon after the murders was it? Two years. It? Oh. So, he was never... Like, the police never came to him those years after. Like, he was never, never thought to be a suspect. Which is weird, because I would imagine you would talk to the people who live around the... Yeah. The family homes and everything. Um, but he was never considered a suspect. You're doing so good. You're almost done. I know. (laughs) Just dump the Sprite in there. I did. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he was never considered a a suspect, and I I guess the guilt was just too much for him, or maybe he he thought thought luck was going to run out. Yeah, or he thought the cops were closing in on him, Mm -hmm. so he picked up his family and moved. Um, And yeah, the kids, the the five kids had no idea why they were moving, because I imagine things were kind of like normal for them, Um, and they like moved really abruptly. And so they now they now know why they moved, and I don't know if that's comforting to them or if it's just like a oh great. Um, 
Kenneth, have I been saying Keith? No. Yep. Oh. Well, his name's Kenneth. Oh. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Kenneth died on May 31st, 2007 at the age of 79 and he was cremated. So they were not able to collect any sort of DNA from him, which is smart. Mm. You know, you kill someone, you know, yep, you cremated. cremated. No one will ever know. Um, but luckily they were able to request and collect DNA samples from Kenneth's children. This is a quote from Detective Sergeant John Cadner, the new detective in charge of the murders as of 2012. He says, I wasn't sure how they were going to react when I came to them and... I would like to say that I finished my drink. Nice. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is what he said. I wasn't sure how they were going to react when I came to them saying, Hey... Your dad's a suspect in the case, but they were great to work with. (laughs) Kenneth's children accepted the news matter-of-factly that their father had been harboring some sort of dark secret. With the results from the children matching the results from the vaginal swab, they were able to finally conclude that Kenneth was the killer of the young couple in 1956. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how you guys would react, but if someone Not came good. to me being like, yo, your dad might have killed this couple, like, 20 years ago, can I take some DNA? I would be like, have you met my father? My father <laughs> doesn't really... I don't... I think you might have the wrong man. Yeah. I would be apprehensive. I mean, I would probably do it. Just because, like... Oh, I'm yeah. Like, yeah, sure, I'm I guess. I'm for the greater good. So, if, like, if my dad yeah. did do something like that, right. I it'd be hard, but he needs to pay. So right. I would give the DNA, but I would be like, no. Oh my god! I mean, like it's gonna mad? be wrong, but mad? okay. Yeah. Very strange. They're, they must have not been so surprised because they knew their dad pretty well, and they were like, "Yeah, I could see I'm my probably, dad." Yeah. yeah, I mean, they did say that um, <laughs> that he had a dark secret. Like they they accepted the news that he might be harboring some sort of dark secret. Yeah. So maybe they he wasn't like the best dad or he or like very quiet, quiet about maybe his he hinted at it every once in a while. Oh yeah, you know, lovers lane never go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um sadly Patricia did not have many living family relatives to tell of the news. She only had a sister who had advanced dementia, so oh. no one in her family really got any sort of um closure, closure comfort um, but it did reopen some painful wounds for Lloyd's surviving family, especially older relatives who had known Lloyd personally. And there was a story about, um, his brother who, I mean, went on to be a very successful, a successful businessman. That was really hard to say. Yeah. You did great. Thank you. Um, a story of his brother who was a successful businessman, but he said, like, there wasn't a day that went by that he didn't think about his brother and didn't think about, like, if he would have stopped in that night or, like, what he could have done or, you know, all this stuff. So it's, like, some guilt that stays with you forever. Um, And then I'm just going to close this out by saying this 65-year-old double murder is believed to be the oldest case solved as of yet. As of the time of all these articles coming out. It is said to be the oldest case to be solved, which is pretty cool. It's 65, 65 years old. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Very that's cool. crazy. Hmm. 
Did they know anything about his motive? Nope. Weird. He was dead, like so... I like I said, it could have been he was interested in Patricia, he was yeah. interested in Lloyd. It was just, you know, a crime of opportunity. He saw them there and It's crazy. These kids. Yeah, and I tried to look up his like childhood, but all it would do is kinda of come up with up until um he married mm. at twenty five. Which um, I mean, this is a new case, like, not a new case, but they solved it very recently, like, 2020, I think I said. Um, so it's very new. 2019, right. 2020. So it's very new. So, I mean, they're still yet to have, like, this internet sleuths dive mm-hmm, into his mm-hmm. past well, and what kind of life he had growing up and all that fun stuff. It's a really cool story, almost as cool as when we solved that murder. <laughs> Proving Bones McBride innocent of oh the killing of Harmony Ashcroft in Ashcroft. Riverdale, Indiana. That's a really hard name to pronounce, Ashcroft. I just kept saying Ashcrack. I couldn't get past the Ash. It was always Ass. Um, Ashcroft. Um, and what did I call her for the longest time? Harmon? Harmon, Harmon yeah. yeah. Harmon Ashcroft. Carmen? No, Harmon. Oh, wait. And it her, might be Harmony. And her 25-year-old stalker. Yeah. Who yeah it looked like, like he was 40. Stop. 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 Whoa. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> We're not friends. Breaking up. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, this the part of the podcast where we ask Alex where we're going to next? Mm, South Dakota. South Dakota. South Dakota. Which I think means we're going to, the next two, we're going to kind of cover both Dakotas in the next two? Yeah, we'll have to do South Dakota and then North Dakota, and then the only place to go from there is going to be Minnesota, so... Minnesota. But yeah, we'll Florida. get into this. Don't we'll, you know. we'll, keep, we'll keep asking him at the end. Just to I just want to go to South Dakota out. because it was my favorite state that we visited on my road trip that I did with my dad a while ago. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and we're happy to go wherever we'll you want to take us. Mm. We're here for the ride. We're here for the ride, and you're Yeehaw. here to connect with us. <laughs> Gladly. Um, but I think that's it. Do you have anything you want to add, Mackenzie? Follow us on Instagram at abc underscore murder underscore pod. Yeah, and um, we'll have... Follow me at Takanubasaurus. If you want to see my bionicles. It's really irritating because of, as of right now, I mean, we haven't posted... None of our podcasts have gone out yet. I have one edited, and it's, I think, going out on Tuesday. Tuesday. But as of right now... Alex has brought in the most followers, <laughs> and they're all people from his Bionicle page, because he's so far the only one who's posted about it on his, like, yeah. main feed, because I believe Kenzie and I are waiting until we have at least two podcasts yes. out, so mm-hmm. people aren't coming over for nothing, but Alex is, like, gung-ho for promoting us, which is great. <laughs> it's, it's great. great. We appreciate but, it. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, and you found it through my Bonk page, thank you so much. And Shout out. Love it. I Love also it. was the one who named Douglas, if you know what that means. You're welcome. <laughs> I helped. You helped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we will be taking suggestions if you have any um, any of those for um, states coming up for any um, cases. Cases. Thank you. Stories. Cases. Um, if you want to complain about drinks, we explained it in the um, episode number two that they are coming from Spoon University, so complain to them. Um, if you have any suggestions for where to go after the states, send those in as well. Um, I think we've 
said it maybe in the second episode as well, but if you would like to send in some um, traveling horror stories mm-hmm. or um, paranormal stories from like road trips or travels that you've been on, send those in because I please maybe we'll start doing some listener episodes or listener stories or whatever. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you can send those to abcmurderpod at gmail.com and we'll look at those. But besides that, I think this is it. I think this is our shortest episode yet, which is nice. I think so. Because I'm kind of over the dark alcohols and I want to go to bed. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, Alex kept looking at his phone. He's ready. I didn't even drink and I'm just falling asleep. <laughs> oh, sorry we are not Yeah, sorry our stories aren't That's great, That's not Alex. it at all. Yeah. I just have sleep apnea. <laughs> we, also, we also were up until 1am solving that case. True. And then mm-hmm. Stella's machine alarmed a lot last night. Um, and then we had yeah. to get up. I had to get up at like 6.45 to hand her off. So we just didn't get a lot of sleep. But we're here for you guys. So... I think we're good, and we'll see you next episode when we're heading to South Dakota. Bye. Bye. Montana, Montana, glory of the West. Of all the states from Coast to Coast, you're easily the best.